Welcome to A Shower of Roses. I'm Jenna, your host. On this podcast, we read together the readings for the upcoming Sunday Mass in the Roman Catholic Church, so that when you walk into Mass on Sunday, you feel enlightened and empowered with the knowledge of the Gospel that you need to have a meaningful and personal experience with Christ every week. I'm Catholic, but you certainly don't have to be to listen to this podcast. The Gospel is for anyone, anywhere, at any state of life. We're so glad you're here. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Sock Religious. I don't know if you guys have ever been to this website called Sock Religious, but it is exactly what it sounds like. It is socks with Catholic saints and things on them. I'm on their website right now, and I'm looking at pictures of St. Therese on socks, John Paul II on socks, Our Lady of Guadalupe on socks, Mother Teresa on socks. It is literally socks with saints on them. And like, what a better way to walk about your day than with the saints on your feet. I love it so much, and I I really think you guys will like it too. Use the code ROSES at checkout for 10% off your order. That's R-O-S-E-S at SockReligious.com for 10% off your order. Again, that's SockReligious.com. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Audible. Audible is a collection of thousands of audio titles from audiobooks to podcasts to comedy. So many of us want to read more, but we just don't have the time. But Audible makes it easy by providing downloadable programs that you can listen to in the car, on your way to work, even while you're praying. Yes, you can listen to the audio version of the Bible with Audible and so many other Christian books. You guys, did you know that James Earl Jones did an audio recording of the Bible? Yeah, you can get that on Audible. Go to audibletrial.com slash a shower of roses to start your free trial and get a free audiobook today. So you can get that James Earl Jones version of the Bible for free. Yep. That's audibletrial.com slash a shower of roses for your free trial and audiobook. Hey everyone, you're about to enjoy a really, really fabulous episode of the podcast with my friend Emmanuel. Um, I just wanted to give a little warning that this episode of the podcast, uh, the beginning parts especially, when uh, Manny gives his testimony, involves some more mature um, themes relating to uh, relationships and intimacy, etc. So this might be uh, like a PG-13 episode at the beginning. Nothing, um, you know, like inappropriate, just of a more mature content level. So just wanted to give that heads up in case there are little ears listening. You might want to listen to this episode first on your own uh, before you share it with little ones. Okay, enjoy the episode. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we're going to be reading the readings for the fifth Sunday in Ordinary Time in year B of the Roman Catholic Church. This week, I am so, so excited to speak with 
my guest, Emmanuel Gonzalez, though most people know him as Manny. How are you? I am so, so good. It is a pleasure to be on this podcast. I'm so excited to just dive into the word and just dive into scripture and talk about the Lord with you today, Jenna. I'm like beyond thrilled to have you on. As you know, I'm a huge just fan of you. Um, Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your faith and your life? Yeah, of course. Um, First of all, I just want to comment real quick. I love (laughs) that you said you're a huge fan of me. Please don't be a fan of me. I'm not all that great. It's all God. Well, your work and your ministry. Thank you. I I appreciate you so much. I'm, I, I, we were actually just talking about earlier before um, we had hit record just how we both have heard about each other. Uh, We both have a mutual friend. Shout out to Adriana. Yes. Uh, We love a good Franciscan, a good Franciscan woman. Um, And we were just talking about how the Lord connected us through her. Um, And yeah, God is good. And I'm, yeah, just Sour Bros is good podcast, good woman. Um, but okay, so let's talk a little bit about the Lord and the ways he's worked in my life. Um, so my, as Jenna said, my name is Emmanuel uh, Gonzalez. The most people know me just simply as Manny. I am 22 years old, and I am from the city of Dallas, Texas. Um, so my life is, it's been a crazy one. Uh, it hasn't been a long one, but it's been crazy how the Lord has moved in just 22 years. Um, so I was born and raised in a Catholic family, very faithful Catholic family, actually. Um, my mom and dad were both catechists. Um, so by the grace of God, I was raised on the sacraments, uh, mass once a week, if not more. Um, I was just always, I always uh, was introduced, I was introduced to Jesus and I always knew who he was. I didn't know him personally, but I always knew who he was by the grace of God from my parents. Um, I have five brothers and one sister. So yeah, we come from a very typical Catholic Puerto Rican uh, family. Lots of babies, uh, lots of love, lots of Jesus. Um, and so growing up, I was raised in uh, Catholic private schools. Um, one of them was an all boys Catholic private school. Um, and while I was there at that Catholic private school, I started to realize that something was a little different about me. Um, while all the other boys were talking about their crushes on girls and, um, just the way they express their attractions to girls, I kind of realized, I was like, I don't feel that way towards other girls. Um, in fact, I kind of feel that way towards other guys and it really freaked me out. My little fifth grade self was terrified, um, just didn't know what was going on. I thought I was broken. I thought I was dirty. I was just, I didn't know what to do with myself and with these feelings. Um, I didn't know where my life was going to go. So I didn't tell anyone. Instead, I just kept it inside and I let it um, build up into a hatred of God, a hatred of the church, um, a hatred of my family, just a hatred of everyone because ultimately I hated myself. Um, and so I, I buried this all down and I kind of describe it to people as, um, I put on this mask um, because I didn't want anyone to see my real eyes. So I covered them with something else. And being at a all boys Catholic private school, I told the guys, you know, I'll be whatever you want me to be. Whoever you want me to be, I'll do that so that you don't have to see, you know, what's inside. And so obviously they wanted me to be a prankster and a class clown. And so that's what I did. And 
I pulled all kinds of pranks, did whatever the guys asked me to do. Um, it was crazy. I pulled pranks on priests, on non, it, it was honest. It was, yeah, it was radical. Um, and actually got me to the point where I got expelled and kicked out from their Catholic private school. Um, and then my parents sent me to another Catholic private school and same thing. Uh, didn't want to tell anyone about it. So I kept it uh, hidden down and same thing. Just let people use me however they wanted, got me in trouble again. And I got kicked out of that one as well. So two Catholic private schools had my name on their hit list. <laughs> well, I put my name on their hit list. but um, So within, I would say, two years, because I was at the first one for a little bit, and then I got kicked out. Got, once the next one got kicked out of that. So within two years, I had been kicked out, kicked out of two Catholic private schools. And my parents just sat me down and were like, look, dude, we love you, but we can't keep spending money like this because Catholic private schools are good but expensive. And they were like, we have to send you to public school which is that huge, you know, dun, 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 like the huge, um, <laughs> just terrorizing part of my story where everyone's like, oh my gosh, he got exposed to secular world. Um, <laughs> I did actually, I was exposed to everything. Um, I went to public school my seventh grade year, uh, middle school, and being a young teenage boy who was hormonal, who was confused, um, who had this thing, you know, within him that he didn't know what was going on. So uh, I was going through all kinds of different emotions. I fell into a lot of um, new ideals, I guess you could say, uh, because, you know, Catholic private schools, excuse me, although they aren't perfect, Catholic private schools are founded for the most part, unfortunately, um, but for the most part on Catholic moral principles. And when you go to public school, however, that's not, I mean, it's any and all morality, ideology, whatever. And so I was exposed to the world's idea of um, just pleasure and of uh, sexuality and of love and of marriage, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I started meeting my first gay people, right? And I started getting exposed to, you know, some of those gay kids, but I didn't want anything to do with them because, you know, talking to them would mean I was gay and I wasn't gay. You know, I wasn't, you know, I didn't experience that at all. Um, so I was kind of just a very hidden, closed off kid for a number of years uh, through middle school and then into high school. Um, but then junior year came along, good old junior year of high school. Um, and this was after years of continuous just bearing things down, hating myself, hating the church, hating God, hating my family, hating life in general. Um, where one day my dad was doing his, uh, his um, periodic checkings into my phone to which now looking back on it, it's funny because back then I used to hate I was like dad you're controlling my life but now I look back on it and I'm like thank god that he would go through my phone it wasn't invasive it was just you know making sure it wasn't you know looking at pornography doing whatever um and so one day he was like hey I need your phone it was very random just hey give me your phone I'm gonna go through it and I started panicking because I realized in my phone ironically enough I had a um, conversation saved between me and a friend from youth group because I was still involved in my youth group back home. Um, and in the conversation, I basically had come out to her and I told her like, hey, I think I'm gay. What does this mean? What does the church want for me? And her response was so beautiful and I'm so thankful for it to this day. She spoke a lot of truth into me, a lot of life. Um, and so I screenshot it because I was like, oh, this is interesting. I want to save it for later. And I realized my dad was going to come across that picture in my camera roll. And so I was like, crap, I need to tell my parents. And so I, in the most Puerto Rican dramatic way possible, I sat them down 
I broke down to tears. And I was like, you know, your lives are never going to be the same. You know, and these poor people are probably like, this kid is like going to tell us he's a terrorist or that he killed someone. <laughs> like, it was just so dramatic. Um, and I told him, I was like, mom, dad, I think I'm gay. Um, and in that moment, they showed me the father's love in a way that I think played a huge role in my reconversion, um, where they didn't preach me. They didn't tell me, you know, you're going to hell or you need to live a life of celibacy. They also didn't affirm me and tell me it was great and that they celebrated. They just held me while I was crying in their arms. And it just, looking back on it now, I really saw the father's love and the fact that he wants to hold us in our brokenness and he wants to meet us where we're at. Um, and my parents really did a good job of that. And they always tell me, you know, moving forward, whenever I tell my testimony, share it with people, it wasn't easy for them. So I'm not trying to paint it like, you know, they just told me while I was crying, that was it. Like, no, it was, they had to mourn a part of their expectations of, you know, okay, this is something Emmanuel's, you know, going through that we were not expecting, but they did it really gracefully. And I, by the grace of God, never had to witness whatever pain or confusion or whatever it caused them. So anyway, I told my parents a few days later, my dad was like, do you want to talk to a priest about it? Very respectfully. I was like, yeah, sure. So I talked to a priest about it. He told me, you know, this is what the church teaches, you know, very loving. Um, but I was like, you know what? I don't care. <laughs> and I kind of tell people how it's one of those things where, you know, when you have a secret, you don't tell other people, at least for me as a high schooler, because I didn't want my parents to find out. Um, but since my parents found out and they were the core, I was like, okay, I can tell everyone. So I started telling people left and right. Um, I remember there was, it was so pathetic. I, it became almost like a novelty thing to the point where for my friend's birthday party, I even came out to her as a birthday present, which was so pathetic looking back on it. Um, but I just told people left and right. And by senior year of high school, everyone knew. Everyone knew me as the gay kid. Um, I was very out and about about it. Um, I started dating men. Um, I started being sexually active with guys. Um, I started joining the Gay Straight Alliance Clubs at my school. And then I did two years of community college in my hometown to save money. Um, and while I was doing, after high school graduating, going to community college, I continued that life um, and those ways of living. Um, I started partying a lot. I started getting really into the party scene. I started drinking all the time, getting drunk. I started smoking. Um, I was really active in the clubbing scene. I used to go to the gay clubs in Dallas all the time. Just really embraced a worldly um, life. And it goes beyond uh, homosexuality. It was just all kinds of different sins that I allowed myself um, to just submerge myself into. Um, but, you know, I always describe it to people as, you know, like we were created by the creator and we will not be at peace and at rest until we live a life, you know, in alignment with him. And so I, even as I was, you know, doing these things and hanging out with these people, dating these men, et cetera, um, there wasn't, there was happiness. I'm not going to line, sit, act like I was miserable because there were moments where I was, you know, happy. I laughed at a good time, but it was temporary. It wasn't lasting. I didn't have joy because I didn't know joy who is Jesus Christ. Um, I was happy, but I wasn't joyful. Um, and so one day, this <laughs> sounds really dramatic, but this is just how it happened. So I'm just going to tell it to you how God, you know, he's a dramatic God sometimes. Um, one day I was sleeping um, and I just woke up in the middle of the night and I had this image of my heart and it was sinking in this really deep, dark body of water and it was sinking really, really fast. And I kind of describe it to people as like God had lifted the veil 
and allowed me to see the grave that I was digging myself into uh, with the choices I was making. And again, this goes beyond the ways I was acting on my sexuality, just like the different sins I was living, the different ways I was um, embracing sin. Um, and it terrified me and it filled me with such a huge fear of the Lord. Um, and like my heart was shaken and I was petrified. Um, and I kept this within me though. I didn't tell anybody. I was like, God spoke to me, but I like, nobody can know. And so I kept going about my life and I started falling into deep depression because God had revealed something to me. And I was like, I know I need to do something about it, but I don't want to. I mean, eventually I got so depressed. I started starving myself and my parents actually noticed and they sat me down. We're like, dude, what is going on? Are you okay? And I told them, I was like, Hey, I think God talked to me and wants me to change the way I'm living. So my parents were so loving. They offered me, you know, like, do you want to go see some priests about this? Go talk to some people. I started going to Courage International meetings, um, which is an apostolic offered by the Catholic church for people who experience same-sex attraction. Um, and for a number of weeks I tried, I was like, you know, what? I'm going to try this Jesus thing. I'm going to try this chastity thing, see if it works. And I just hated it. I was like, God, this is so boring. This is just a bunch of, you know, like old men who like don't know the struggles that I'm going through. And like these meetings aren't helping me. Nobody gets it. This is boring. I'm young. I'm attractive. I want to go out and do what I want to do. And so I was like, screw you, God. I'm going back to the way I want to live. And so I actually fell back that summer. It was summer of 2018. Um, I fell back and I was like, you know what, God, I'm going to do what I want to do. And you know, our God is a gentleman. And I really believe that he allowed me to kind of go off so that he was like, okay, son, you want to do what you want to do, have at it. I'll see you here. I'll please do it then later because you're going to realize it's not so pretty. And he allowed me to go off. And I lived more promiscuously, more wildly than I had ever before, really. Um, and I was never more miserable than I was during that summer. Um, I was crying all the time. Um, and I remember I even started exploring churches outside of the Catholic church because I told myself, I want to find a church that has Jesus but doesn't give me, you know, I don't want to hear that I'm going to hell because I'm doing this. I don't want to hear that's wrong. Like I want, you know, I want half truth. Like I want Jesus, but I don't want all of him. I just want enough that can sustain me. And so I started going to non-denominational sects here in Texas. Not that they weren't good. They were beautiful. The Lord was there. They loved Jesus, but they were places that were affirming me in, you know, my same sex relationships in the way I was living, you know, that I was saved by grace and that's all I needed. And um, I could live the way I wanted because Jesus loved me. And that was it. And I knew the whole time I was like, I know that this isn't, this isn't the fullness. This isn't entirely the picture. Um, and so, yeah, I was very lost. And then again, um, as he dramatically does, I was awoken again in the middle of the night. And this time the Lord spoke to me. Um, he said two things that I still remember that were very clear. Um, the first one was just, I need you. It was a very desperate like a father to son, like, I need you, please come home. Um, and then the second was time is running out. I don't know what the time is running out thing means, but that's what I heard. So um, I guess we can speculate about it. Every time I'm interviewing with people, they're always like, what does that mean? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> can like try and figure it out too. Um, but anyway, so those are the two things I heard. And so I told the Lord that night, I was like, okay, do you want me to pick up my cross and follow you, then fine. I will do it, but you need to help me because I'm not going to do this alone. And I believe it's in those moments of just pure vulnerability and rawness that we surrender to the Lord, that he hears us and he equips us. And I don't know how to explain it, but that night he granted 
extended me a grace um, to just pick up my cross and follow him. And immediately afterwards, things start changing in my life. Um, I had no desire to get drunk again. I had no desire to smoke. I had no desire to party. And like that, all those habits dropped out of my life, like instantly. Um, but I was still attracted to men. <laughs> so it was one of those things where I was like, okay, he took off so many crosses, but I still have this one, which is so heavy. Um, that, we'll go back to that. But anyway, um, so I started changing my life around. Um, and then December came of 2018 and I saw a book and it was like a book opening. I prayed on it and I felt that the Lord was telling me he wanted me to share my story with the world. So I asked for a camera that Christmas. And then January of 2019, I recorded my testimony just like this. Didn't know what I was going to say, where it was going to go. I just turned on a camera, invited the Holy Spirit in, turned off the camera and posted it. Um, and by the grace of God, it started going places. Um, thousands of people started reaching out. I started getting messages left and right. And I was like, whoa, there's a need for this in the church. Um, and so I started making more videos and then I started writing blogs and I made a website and I started building like this online community. I started getting all the support and I started realizing like, whoa, I think Jesus wants me to give my life to like sharing his goodness and speaking truth on this topic that is so difficult for so many to understand, so difficult to talk about in our church today and in our world today. Um, and so I told him, I was like, okay, Lord, I'm going to give you my yes to this as a possible ministry. But if I give you my yes, like you got to give me yours, work with me. And doors started opening left and right. Um, it was beautiful. Um, by that summer, I was working with a Catholic bishop, Bishop Joe Strickland of Tyler, Texas. I had filmed with him. Um, I started making connections. And then eventually I went to Franciscan University of Steubenville, Ohio. Shout out, go Barons. Um, I went there um, my fall of 2019. Um, and from there, I also started making more connections. Um, by the grace of God, I've worked with, um, since then, in the year and a half of ministry, I've worked with um, Courage International, who... <laughs> is like I said, a Catholic apostolate for, um, for people who experience same-sex attraction. Um, I've worked with youth groups. I've spoken all over the place. I've spoken in Canada. I've spoken Colorado. I, it's just insane the ways that the Lord has just taken me on such a crazy, beautiful ride with him. Um, and he really showed me, you know, like, if you give me your yes, I will work with that. And when we give him our fiats, he doesn't let that down. He sees that and he he fulfills that. And, um, you know, I'm still at Franciscan university and filling up, finishing up my degree, um, in social work. I plan, I graduate, I'm currently a junior. I graduate in a year and a half. I graduate spring of 2022, um, which is so wild to think it's coming up. Um, after graduation, I plan on hopefully just going full time into ministry, speaking just on his goodness, um, regarding, you know, what he's done in my life regarding sexuality and the goodness of the church's teachings on same-sex attraction and abstinence. Um, but, you know, I don't know what it's going to look like. We'll see. Every day is a new day, as we all know, through this whole COVID pandemic. We don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. We don't know what, what the Lord has in store for the next day. And so I don't worry about that right now. Right now, I worry about now. Um, I still struggle. Um, I'm not perfect. I'm human. Um, I do experience same-sex attraction still. It never went away. Do I know if it will go away? I don't know. A part of me really feels like the Lord wants me to die as a faithful man who just lived a joyful, fulfilled, absent life as the church calls us to. Because we need saints who are going to be that example. 
And so I don't know if it's going to go away. And to be honest, I don't, the only thing I desire is to be holy. I don't desire for them to go away or to stay. I just desire to be holy. Um, so I do still experience same-sex attraction. I do still struggle. I do have my own sins. I'm human. I'm broken. I'm in college. Um, but the point is that I'm chasing holiness. Um, and it's, he's a good God and this is a good cross. And yeah, um, all praise and glory be God. So there we go. Oh. That's, that's a little bit on, on my story and Thank on what you. God has done. So thanks for sharing that. I love, um, I just love what you do. This is just such a, such a tender part of the hearts of so many Catholics, mm-hmm. whether they experience same sex attraction and if they don't, they know someone that does. We just, we just all do. Right. And so it's so, I find it, I found it difficult in my own life because I, I, there are a lot of people close to me that are, are gay or experience same sex attraction or identify however they identify. And I think a lot of devout Catholics really struggle with how, with that balance of speaking. And this is what you are so good at speaking truth, but also with love, because we know that our, there are people and Catholics that speak all truth and no love. And there are people and Catholics who speak all love, but no truth. Mm -hmm. And it's, I found it, I still find it really difficult in my own life to find that balance. Um, So I just really appreciate you speaking on this because I don't think there's a lot of people that are, that are doing what you're doing at all, but especially coming at it from your point of view as, as someone that experiences this. Um, and I think there are a lot of kids growing up in the church who need you um, and people like you because they're going through the same thing. And heck, there's adults that are going through the same thing. And I love what yeah. you said at the end that like, who knows what the Lord has in store for you, but like, my God, would it be amazing to, for there to be a canonized saint that openly experienced same-sex attracted, mm. attraction and lived a life of holiness or like, a priest like they're like we need to be preaching on this more and people are scared to talk about it because we run that line of love versus truth and it doesn't Mm. have to be love versus truth it's love and truth you know what i mean you're the expert on this but no amen no literally yes yes and amen to everything you said um it's like you said we we lack, and I could go on and go into this, but we <laughs> lack we lack examples in the church of this specific yes and calling um, in regards to experiencing same sex attraction, but not acting on it. If you think about it, the world offers us countless and countless influencers, celebrities, etc., or just people in our lives, our daily you know personal lives who experience same sex attraction but act on their attractions that take on the gay identity that take on you know um, that worldly. Um, you know, just way of viewing yourself and your sexuality. Um, and we have nobody within the church who's like, no, I experienced this, but I'm not this. I'm more, I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. And that's how I live. That's how I direct my life. We don't have enough of that. No. Um, and, you know, by his grace, that's what I feel called to. That's what I have met so many beautiful brothers and sisters who also feel called to. You know, he's raising saints. Like there's a great battle at hand in our culture and in our world. But I believe that, you know, in the great battles, he raises great saints. And I believe he's raising some incredible saints, specifically saints who do experience same-sex attraction. And I think and I pray and I hope, whether it's me, whether it's my friends, whatever, 
that years from now, I think very soon we will see the church canonizing saints. Um, I believe there's one, what's his name? Uh, John, no, no, no. Um, oh my gosh, he, he wrote Return of the Prodigal Son. Why is his name? Oh, Henry um, Nowen. Henry, Henry Nowen, yes. Henry Nowen is already one. But just in general, like I, the, the church, we need more saints who look like us. And I think that there are, she's raising saints that look like us. And I hope to, you know, even be half of that saint. I don't, you know, I'm trying, <laughs> you know, we're all human, but being a saint is being a human being broken. So, you know what, maybe, you know, I'm striving for sainthood and that's all that matters. So. Yo, yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank you for sharing that piece of your heart. Um, Praise God. It's just, I think a lot of people need to hear it and I'm just so happy um, and thankful for you for sharing that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you okay. for giving me this platform. Oh, just you're sure. welcome. You can, you take it whenever you want it. Do you want to come back and just keep talking? Yeah. It's yours. Do it. Okay. Um, Good to know I have access. That's yeah, great. you do. I'll just give you the password. The keys. You just log the on keys whenever you want. Awesome. Great. Very good. Very good. Hey, you ready to jump into the readings for this week? Let's do it, please. Let's okay. So Emmanuel is going to read the first reading from the book of Job, chapter 7, verses 1 to 4, and six to seven. A reading from the book of Job. Job spoke saying, is not man's life on earth a drudgery? Are not his days those of hirelings? He is a slave who longs for the shade, a hireling who waits for his wages. So I have been assigned months of misery and troubled nights have been allotted to me. If in bed, I say, when shall I arise? Then the night drags on. I'm filled with restlessness until the dawn. My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle. They come to an end without hope. Remember that my life is like the wind. I shall not see happiness again. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, I have to say this, and this happens all the time with my guests, that the readings are so perfect for them. But like after hearing your testimony, I'm like, this worked out. And I never assign, I don't like assign it to the people. It's just like whatever happens in my schedule. Mm. This reading, like, I feel like we just read your testimony. Mm. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I actually was thinking the same thing. <laughs> As I was like speaking, you know, like speaking his words, I was like, oh no. <laughs> it's like this really sounds, the one line that really especially are two things, I guess, that really stuck out to me. Um, it was a phrase and a word. So the phrase was, um, if in bed I say, when shall I arise? That when shall I arise? Um, just gave me that imagery of like Lazarus from the graves. I'm sorry, I just totally glitched. Lazarus from the grave. <laughs> um, just that when shall I arise? Like that, um, that resurrection image of almost like, we're in our graves, but the Lord wants to make a garden out of us. And like that whole, like in our brokenness, in our um, just grossness of sin um, and those lives that we, uh, those lives of sin that um, so many of us come from, um, that he calls us out of that and into something greater. Doesn't mean we won't sin. Doesn't mean, you know, that we are exempt from sin, but that we're in a new life and we're born into his new light. Um, so I love that when shall I arise, like arise my beloved. And then I also loved, the word restlessness um, just because I feel like that was 
a lot of my life until I surrendered it to the Lord. And I feel like that's anybody's life. Like until we like fully give ourselves over to him and surrender our hearts to the altar, um, we are going like, uh, what was it? Um, that one saint said, I think it was St. Augustine, our hearts are restless till they rest mm-hmm. in me. Yeah. It's literally like, I saw that word and I was like, yep, that sounds about right. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And I love this because Job, like knowing the story of Job, he's an innocent man that suffered a lot and, but still never sinned. Like in, I love that in this reading, he expresses his like straight up misery. Mm. Um, and the last line of it isn't even hopeful. Like the last line is I shall not see happiness again. But like the Lord is not mad at him for feeling this way. It's not like he sinned by expressing his emotions. And I think a lot of times we think that if we're good, good Catholics, you know, quote unquote, then we have to be like totally happy all the time. And like, obviously God doesn't want us to be miserable, but like, that's the reality of our lives that like, sometimes we just have to come to God in prayer or at mass and just be like, I'm miserable. (laughs) Like I don't want, or I don't want to be here. Or I'm like, pissed at you like there are plenty of times i've gone into mass and been like i don't want to be here right now yeah like the guy like he's he's okay like at least we're there you know what i mean we're Mm -hmm. showing up i think Um, i would argue to say that you know a good catholic whatever that is quote unquote a good catholic is the one who goes to church and goes to god even amidst their hurting and their brokenness because that's all it's about, right? Is like it's like you said, like it's such a mis like it's such a misunderstood, just like um, just false idea that like to be Catholic means we are never going to suffer or be in pain. I feel like it's actually the opposite. We're going to suffer more, um, but it's for a greater glory, and through that suffering, we will encounter Him um, because the greatest saints like suffer the most. And so, yeah, I love everything you just said. Praise yeah. God. Pop off. That was great. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. All right. You want to go on to uh, the second reading then? Yeah, let's go for it. So this is from 1 Corinthians 9 and it's verses 16 through 19 and then 22 through 23. Yes. Do you want me to read it or do you want to read it? You go ahead. Oh, okay. Right, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just no, totally, I saw that transition the... from you. I was like, no, let me get the mic. Ahead. I love it. <laughs> no, I'm making you read like it. I said, you have the keys to the kingdom now. You can no. take over my job. No, you, you got the job. <laughs> you read it, please. Okay. A reading from Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, if I preach the gospel, this is no reason for me to boast. For an obligation has been imposed on me, and woe to me if I do not preach it. If I do so willingly, I have recompense, but if unwillingly, then I have been entrusted with a stewardship. What then is my recompense? That when I preach, I offer the gospel free of charge so as not to make full use of my right in the gospel. Although I am free in regard to all, I have made myself a slave to all so as to win over as many as possible. To to the weak, I became weak, to win over the weak. I have become all things to all to save at least some. All this I do for the sake of the gospel so that I too may have a share in it. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, I'm this sorry. This is so good. Uh, I 
almost had to stop in the middle of it because I was like, oh my gosh, it's it's Emmanuel it's, again. It's, oh, this is so good. God is so cool. Sometimes <laughs> it's like one of those things where you're like open, like, you know, I don't know if you've had these moments where you're like, okay, God, I'm going to open the Bible. And yeah, you're Bible gonna, like, roulette. You're going to say something to me in this verse. And if I don't hear anything, then you're not real. And <laughs> in the verse and you're like, oh crap. This is like exactly what he, he's like speaking to me this yeah i mean wow i want to hear your thoughts and i'll go ahead and share mine but I, I love this part where he says for an obligation has been imposed on me if i and this is the best part if i do it willingly great but i even if i don't want to do it i still have to do it because it's yeah. been imposed on me and if i don't want to do it and i do it unwillingly then oh well i've been entrusted with a stewardship mm. Like, I think that's so cool that he's like, sometimes I don't want to do this Um, because I think we picture Paul as being like this ultimate, and he was like, obviously like the ultimate apostle. Um, But like, I just love that in this part, he's like, yeah, sometimes I have to do this unwillingly and like, that's okay. There's a point Mm. to it. You know, what are your thoughts? Uh, Yeah, no, I think it's, I think that call that um, that feeling, those feelings of you know like unwillingness, are something that all of us, you, me, everyone as faithful Catholics and Christians, are going to experience at some point in our life. Um, because like, I think no matter like how joyful you are for the gospel, no matter how in love with Jesus, like there are times where we're human and we're like, oh, like you know, do I have to get up today and like you know choose joy? Do I have to get up today and do? But it's like. And it's like you said, I think it's almost beautiful how like <laughs> the Lord is almost like, <laughs> you know, like he's, again, he's such a gentleman. He's almost like respecting that. Like, okay, I'm going to let you have your little tantrum. And then when you're ready, <laughs> like, you know, like, and um, I just, I find it beautiful that again, especially for people like you and I who are in positions where um, we do, you know, like publicly uh, spread the gospel, not just through our daily examples, but also like, you know, um, by the grace of God to, you know, crowds of people, individuals. Um, it's one of those things where there are going to be days where, you know, we're not going to want to get up there and talk, you know, or we might, you know, intertwine personal struggle, you know, like, oh, I'm mad at God today. Why should I talk about his goodness or whatever? But it's like, you know what? Like, I love this where it says right here, woe to me if I do not preach it. It's like, regardless of whatever you as a person are going through, like if you've experienced the gospel, like you, like, every part of your being should like desire to share him with the rest of the world because the gospel sets you free and you want to share that freedom with other people, with all your other brothers and sisters. Um, yeah. And again, I think it's just something as daily Catholics, whether you're a speaker or whether you're just, you know, a lay person, whatever you're doing, like we're all called to show Jesus um, in ourselves and through our daily example. And, you know, there are going to be days where we're not going to want to do that. We're going to want to be impatient you know, with the cashier at our grocery store, we're going to want to, you know, be met. Hey, it's like, but the Lord's calling us onto something greater and he wants us um, to respond in a greater way than just uh, our flesh and our human side desires. So, yeah. Awesome. Beautiful. I, I so agree. Like it's more than just, it's more than just us. And it's like, by the grace of God, he's transforming us into more than we you know, think we're capable of, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, I, I love that line too. Woe to me if I don't do it because like the Lord is, is he, the Lord will equip us with all, with all we need. Um, 
so yeah, I don't know. I lost my train of thought there, but yes, no, I amen. agree with what you said. Amen. He will equip us for the battle and that armor might be heavy, right. but he's giving it to us. So we got to put it on and get up into that battlefield and fight. So yep. amen. Amen. All right, cool. Awesome. You want to go on to the gospel then? Let's do it. Okay, so it's my turn now. I'm not. It is. From you. Okay. Cool. No, you can. <laughs> okay. Cool. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> so, you can, and I'm like, no. No, like, go for it. Um, okay, so the gospel is from Mark chapter one, verses twenty-nine to thirty-nine. A reading from the gospel according to Mark. On leaving the synagogue, Jesus entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Simon's mother-in-law lay sick with a fever. They immediately told him about her. He approached, grasped her hand, and helped her up. Then the fever left her, and she waited on them. When it was evening, after sunset, they brought to him all who were ill or possessed by demons. The whole town was gathered at the door. He cured many who were sick with various diseases, and he drove out many demons, not permitting them to speak because they knew him. Rising very early before dawn, he left and went off to a deserted place, where he prayed. Simon and those who were with him pursued him, and on finding him said, Everyone is looking for you. He told them, Let us go on to the nearby villages, that I may preach there also. For this purpose have I come. So he went into their synagogues, preaching and driving out demons throughout the whole of Galilee. The gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. Any thoughts as you were reading this? Well, there was that initial temptation to do the, <laughs> the um, oh, I did it after I read the gospel. <laughs> I was, I was like, okay, I'm in church. I need to, <laughs> you know, I don't know what this is called. I don't know the the theological I don't know either. term. So you can't see us right now, but we're doing the we're doing uh, the, the Jesus the, be on my heart Jesus. in my on my mind on my lips and in my heart. Amen. <laughs> so we're doing <laughs> that. So that was my first initial thought was I was tempted to do it. I didn't, but I did it now. So we're good. Um, so I. What really struck me about this um, was just kind of the whole theme in this gospel of the continuous like casting out of demons. Um, just because, again, like going back to the ways that the Lord has moved in my own life, like he casted out so many demons and he took so much darkness out of my heart and brought my heart into light and you know, I think oftentimes we forget that, you know, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Savior, Jesus is Messiah, but he's also a healer. Um, and during his earthly life and his ministry, he like he acted as healer um, to so many people. Um, as we can see in this gospel, he drove out demons, he healed sicknesses. Um, and I think oftentimes we forget to like, yeah, um, pray to Jesus, be his friend, you know, like he's your Savior, et cetera, et cetera. But like, do you ask him for healing? Like, do you ask him for healing? in your life in areas um, that you might not want to heal or in areas that you're afraid or ashamed to talk about um, your pornography addiction, your um, self-image struggles, you're this, you're that, whatever, like, have you brought it to the Lord um, to heal? And it doesn't mean he's going to take it away or lift it away. Cause that's also, you know, we can't underestimate the grace of God, but also, you know, we can't just expect to pray everything away. Um, I would know, know that person <laughs> at the same time you know, like, are you bringing those parts of your heart um, that are bruised, that are battered, that are broken to our Lord um, so that he can place his healing hands on them? Um, and yeah, I just really, 
I loved just the emphasis on how Jesus was driving out demons um, and just healing people left and right. I think it's just amazing. And I think it's a great depiction of Jesus as healer. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I love what you said. Like people are sometimes scared to ask God for healing. I think we're sometimes we're scared to ask god to do big things like we're scared we're gonna burden him or we're scared that if it doesn't get you know healed or taken away then then that means god is not real and like both of those things are not true um so like be bold in your prayer to god and like don't be scared to ask him to heal those big things because like you said no it might not go away right away but like if we're scared to have an honest conversation with God, then, then that's the relationship is, you know, pointless. It's supposed to be the most important relationship in our life. If we can't be honest about our desires and our heal, like the healing that we need, then like, what's the point? That's not a real relationship, you know? Truth. You're spitting fire. (laughs) Well, it's like, I always think of it as like, um, you know, whether you're married or not, I think we can all understand this analogy, but like, you know, the wedding vows, like I think of, my relationship with Jesus, you know, in sickness and health, um, through good and through bad, like when we have a relationship with the father and your relationship with Jesus Christ, like we, it's not just giving, you know, halves of ourselves mm. or parts of ourselves. He doesn't want those pretty parts, you know, like, yeah, he desires all of you, but he wants, especially like I firmly believe Jesus wants most of all those broken parts of ours, of our hearts, um, of our lives, you know, those, sins and those faults that we feel like we cannot get ourselves out on our own because we can't that's the reality like we really can't and that's why jesus wants them is he's like i want to help you um just raise from those graves um because we don't have that authority or that power to do that on our own but he does and he so freely wants to give that test it reminds me of saint faustino with the divine mercy um i'm obsessed <laughs> but saint faustino is a dear friend of mine in heaven but with her whole um you know, uh, divine mercy images. Um, I believe that Jesus, when he appeared to her during one of the the, um, appearances, uh, the vision she had, I believe he told her something along the lines of like, um, uh, the one he, the, something like the greatest mercies that he has in store are for the greatest sinners or something along those lines. Mm. Um, and it was just, can I look it up, actually? I almost yeah, want to, like, I want to find, on, I think called to, no, okay. Um, he says, so Jesus said um, to St. Faustina, um, and she documented this in her diary. Um, he said, the greatest, the greater the sinner, the greater the right he has to my mercy. Um, so I love that because he's saying, like, Jesus to St. Faustina was literally confirming that whole, like, you know, like the greater my, mer- like my mercy and its immensity and it's just beauty and all its glory and goodness. Like I want to give, especially to like the person who sins the most, like, mm. and I just think it's beautiful. Cause I think we have this false image of Christ in our hand in our heads that he only wants us if we're clean and if we're, you know, squeaky and you know, we're perfect. And it's like, dude, you're never going to be there. Like, if that's what you're looking for and that's, you know, how you think Jesus is going to want you, you're never going to get that because we're never going to be perfect. We're human. Um, he wants us in our brokenness. He wants us in our faults. Um, and yeah, what a good God he is for that. Right. Like we're so undeserving. Um, 
But yeah, that's my spiel. I'm sorry. I just went on. Oh, it was beautiful. Thank you. Okay, <laughs> beautiful. Okay, so after reading these readings, do you have, I always ask my guests for a challenge for us for the week. What do you think? So a challenge that I would have for the listeners today uh, for the week based on the readings, I would... You know what? Let's just go into the whole gospel and the whole uh, the reality of Jesus' healer. Um, I would just challenge you, my brother or my sister, whoever's out there listening, um, excuse me, to really reflect and pray on the ugly parts of your heart. Mm. Um, to just think about those areas in your life, those parts of your your heart um, that aren't the prettiest um, that might be gross even um, that are just, you know, those, those parts that you want nobody to see those parts that you don't tell many people, if anybody about um, that you might be ashamed of that you might be afraid of um, just dig up that gunk. And once you've done that and once you've reflected and prayed on it, um, I challenge you to bring it to the Lord specifically at mass, um, offer at mass, um, specifically for that gross, icky part of your heart or part of your life, um, that you want Jesus to enter into, um, be vulnerable with him, be raw with him and just place that at the altar and at the foot of his cross. Um, and I challenge you to just see how he's going to heal you and to see the ways that the Lord moves as healer, um, because he was healer and he still is healer and he has healed immensely in my life. And I believe that if you ask him, he will do the exact same in yours. Um, so that's my challenge for this week. Amen. I love it. Um, Emmanuel, I just love you and I love what you're doing and I'm so grateful for you taking the time. Where can we connect with you and, and learn more about what you have to give us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Thank you. I appreciate you. <laughs> um, my, so I am still a student at Francis University, as I said. Um, so I'm not like a full-time, you know, like have my own organization or whatever. Um, but you can find me. I am active on Instagram. So my Instagram handle is at callmemanny. So call and then me and then Manny with three Ys at the end of Manny, three Ys total. Um, you can also find my blog site. Um, which is what a beautiful cross. It is a Wix site. Um, that's also in, if you go to my Instagram, you can find my blog site in my bio as well. Um, and then I also have a YouTube channel. Um, if you just search Emmanuel Gonzalez, you know, same sex attraction or Catholic or whatever, you should be able to run across it. Um, my YouTube channel and my blog site, unfortunately, I've not been on, as active on just because of school and my busyness um, as a student, but I'm very active on social media. I post all the time on there on just the goodness of Jesus, sometimes about same-sex attraction, sometimes just about Christ and how much I love him, you know, but it's uh, whatever I feel the Lord calling me to. But you can find me on those. I also have, um, I work with Courage International, write some articles sometimes for them. I, I have different podcast interviews out that if you search on Spotify. Me and a dear friend of mine, Avera Maria Santo, who is also a Catholic speaker on same-sex attraction and the Catholic Church's teachings, um, and the beauty of them. Uh, we actually recorded a podcast 
back over the summer of 2020, um, and we did release it, and we had a rollout, and it was going great, but it got shut down because the enemy is <laughs> hates us. Um, but we have every plan to revive it. We have rebranded, and I pray to God that within the next two months, it is out. So look up, if you can, Avera Maria Santo and I's podcast. Um, I cannot say the name just yet. It's a whole podcast dedicated to just speaking on the topic of same-sex attractions in the Catholic church. Yeah. Um, I listened to the original podcast, obviously, and it was just, it's just absolutely fantastic um, content and so needed. And so I'm really, really, really happy because I was really sad when it, it got taken down and I, my heart hurt and I'm so happy that it's coming back. Um, Manny, thank you so, so much for taking the time today. I so appreciate it. Thank you, Jenna. You're awesome. Keep up You're the good work awesome. with you Shower too. Roses. And thank you, listener, for tuning in to um, this roller coaster of a ride. And I just ask for everyone's prayers, please, as I continue to just pursue the Lord and as Jenna continues to pursue the Lord, just for everyone to please pray for us. Because um, the enemy doesn't like you when you're doing good, right? So, right. Amen. <laughs> he hates <Appreciate> us. <laughs> so, but thank you, Jenna, for having me on. And just God bless you and all that you do on this podcast. It's awesome. God bless you. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. Please be sure to subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode. And it would be awesome if you could give us a good rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. Those ratings help us get this message of the gospel out to as many people as possible. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at A Shower of Roses and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash A Shower of Roses podcast. You can also check out A Shower of Roses for more information about the show or to send us an email or feedback. We'll see you back here next Wednesday. God bless you and have a great week.